uh, Bible, all through it, talks about uh, fruit. This concept of fruit and gardening and um, the uh, Hebrew people were uh, very much an agricultural society. And so God throughout the scriptures has this idea of growth and um, what doesn't look like growth and what's unhealthy and all this kind of stuff. And it goes throughout the entire scripture. And uh, it, I, I wanted to read this one scripture in uh, it. it all of Jeremiah talks about growth, Ezekiel, Hosea says this, what more have I to do with idols? This is God talking. It is I who answers and looks after you. I'm like a luxuriant cypress, is what God is saying. From me comes your fruit. And then fruit goes on in Joel, Amos, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, right? I mean, just all this front-loaded idea of growth and vines and fruit. And then John the Baptist comes along in the New Testament and he says, why don't you bear fruit that keeps with repentance? And so, and people respond to that. I mean, if, if I were just to come in and say, hey, you guys need to bear fruit that keeps with repentance. At that time, many people were being baptized by John. So much so, he was called John the Baptist or John the Dunker or whatever you want to call him in, in this kind of society. He, he, he was no, that's how many people were being baptized. They understood this idea of fruit. And then Jesus comes along. And a lot of Jesus' ministry has to do with fruit. He, he told, tells a parable about some seed that falls on the rocky soil and the, and the path and all this kind of stuff. And, and then like the culmination of the story is, but some fell on the good soil and it produced a yield or fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. He talks about you can see good fruit out of good trees and bad fruit out of bad trees and you don't see bad fruit from good fruit. And he's just talking about fruit all the time. He cursed a fig tree. Why? No fruit on the fig tree. So he kills it just like that. There's something about fruit. And so he, he's talking in, 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 uh, in this part too. He, he also talks about like cross-germination. Like you don't see figs from a thistle bush or thistles from a fig tree. Like there's, like there's, there's a natural thing about fruit. We're going to talk about that this morning in John chapter 15. We're in a series called What's on God's iPad, iPod. Sorry, we didn't spend as much money for the iPad, so we're going with the iPod. Uh, <laughs> what's on? Yeah. Uh, and, and the idea is this. It's not like, what would God play? It's like this. I don't know if you ever um, have been on a plane. Uh, before I was a pastor, I would travel. And the worst thing uh, is, a, is a baby on a plane. Because when you take off, their ears pressurize, and they become like a like a demon, really. <laughs> and, and so you know it's coming, and you're like, here's a binky, and you're like doing hand motions and puppet things, and you're just like, uh, like I upgraded to business class to avoid this, you know? And, and so, um, and then when you're coming down, it's the same thing, go figure. Uh, and then, anyway, I'm totally digressing. But you know, they have these Bose noise-canceling earphones. Now, see, God invented those. <laughs> Because what it does is it takes the sound of the baby, I mean, you know, just that thing, and then it takes it and it inverts it, and you do nothing, okay? Here's the idea of what's on God's iPad, iPod. <laughs> okay, is this. 
all around us is chaos. All around us are people telling us one thing. All around us is this, these messages about this. All around us is anxiety. All around us, I mean, I, you, know, you hear about the president's gonna give a speech on Thursday and uh, the economy and this and that and the stock market's going crazy. And if you have a 401k, I apologize. And so it just go, it's just going on, 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 on. And God just wants us to go, okay, what if, I, if God had an iPod with noise-canceling headphones, what would he be telling me right now? And that's what we're talking about. How do we just, I get all that, I understand all that, all our circumstances are constantly changing. How do we just kind of plug in, put it out, and say, God, what do you have for me? And, and, and so um, what we call that and what we're, what we're trying to get across in this series is that's called abiding in Christ. It, it, it's called remaining in him. It, it means to just shut those things out and say, God, what is it that you want to say? And so in, in um, John chapter 15, um, he says this. I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking, not... Real, real quick, remember what I said about fruit. If you're a disciple, you're Hebrew. Again, when we get to fruit, it's a big deal. They understand that they were judged. They know their history. They know their Bible. They know what fruit means, okay? He says this, I'm the true vine. My father is the gardener. One other thing about this thing he's saying right now, it's at the end of his ministry. These are some of the last words he's trying to get his disciples to understand. John chapter 15 is a wonderful, wonderful kind of snapshot of what's important in life. Okay, it's Jesus' kind of last words. I'm the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. Here, here's kind of the first thing I'd written down in my notes. Um, God, and this might take a little bit of time to explain, but God demands fruit out of your life. <laughs> See, oftentimes we focus so much on salvation, and salvation is fantastic. Obviously, spending eternity with Jesus in heaven is going to be awesome. But salvation isn't just for eternity, or maybe we should say it this way. Eternity starts now. Eternity is now. It's just the beginning part of what's going on forever. And God demands fruit. He expects it. I, we have a garden at home. Um, and uh, I, I think I've mentioned this before. I'm just not good at it for a variety of reasons, which I'll explain later on in, in the message here. But Lisa is really good at it. She, she pays attention to what's going on. She can kind of, in some ways, like see into the future. Like, like we had these bean plants and we planted the bean plants and Lisa told me not to put, to, it got the special grow stuff that if you put a little bit on that it really like nourishes the plants and they'll grow. And so I figure if you're going to put a little in <laughs> and that makes the plant grow, Let's just bury the sucker in it and just see what happens. It's going to be just this giant thing. Okay, that doesn't work. Um, and so I did that in this one thing we had, and um, these bean plants grew up, and I'm like, are they supposed to be that color? And, she's, and Lisa's like, no, but we're going to have to pull them out. 
I'm like, give the little guys a chance. I mean, they were only this big, but she knew, she could, she could see in the future, okay? God, it says in verse one, is the gardener of our lives. And God demands fruit from us. And God sees into the future and he knows where it's gonna go and he knows where it's not gonna go and he knows what to plant and he knows what he expects because fruit in our lives brings him glory. And God demands fruit from us. So much so, check this out, that he's going to take action on your life depending on the fruit. Listen to this verse one again. Here we go. I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off, in other words, he takes action on every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he takes what? Action again. Why? Because we're designed to bear fruit. (laughs) Okay. Uh, so it'll be even, even more fruitful. And then it goes on. It says, you are already clean because of the word I've spoken to you. He's talking to the disciples. He gets to the crux of what he wants to say. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. L- let me show you the way Paul writes about it in Colossians. I don't know if you can get to that, Shannon. I'm, I'm, I'm off our slide list. And we pray this. Basically, um, Paul's talking to um, this Colossian church, and he's, he's trying to tell them just how much he wants them to grow, okay? And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Here's one of the things I had written down. There are things in all of our lives that are worthless to God. There are things right now in my life that are worthless to God. He's the gardener. He understands. He knows. Now, what happens is, because God demands fruit and he's the gardener, he starts making decisions in our lives based on what he knows. He starts cutting. He starts pulling. He starts cutting around, fertilizing, watering, doing whatever he can to get what? Fruit. That's what our lives were made for, to glorify God, that he would have fruit. The problem is we make really bad gardeners. So it would be kind of like Lisa is God and I'm me. (laughs) in my analogy. She knows, she can see, I don't know what she does. Hey, let me give you an example, okay? So we, we had a gopher problem, and I tried the dynamite thing. I tried all that. I tried curses and scarecrows and whatever you do for, for gophers. I tried everything. I tried bait. I tried traps. I tried to rig the trap so it would just wound them so I could drag them around to show all their friends how terrible I am. I tried everything for these gar- with these gophers, and Lisa says, build these boxes. So... I build the box, right? The problem is I know how much the boxes cost and I know how long they took to make, which for me is a very, very, very long time. I also know how much our water bill costs. So when we plant something 
and we get a crop out, all I do is take it off the thousands of dollars we spent on the stupid garden and go, this isn't worth it. That's not what Lisa's into gardening for. But I am. I just want the, what's the bottom line? And I've realized you can buy vegetables a lot cheaper than, okay, anyway. Okay. And, and so, and, and I'm impatient. I plant a seed, water it for three days and go, this is ridiculous. This is taking too long, right? And, and so, and then, and then when I go to a bush, I'm only looking at just fruit. I don't care about the, I don't care if the bush sacrifices its life. If I get what I want, I'm, I'm stoked. Lisa is not this way. One time she was out, because she goes out in the morning and she pulls weeds and stuff. And one time she came from this zucchini plant and she, she was clapping and giggling. And she's like, yay! So I'm thinking we won the Orange County Fair for the largest zucchini ever. Like I'm thinking cash money, right? Somehow we're going to pay for these boxes. She's like, come here and look. So I go over and it's this tiny little nub thing with a little flower on the end. And I'm like, you can't eat that. She's like, no, no. See, and she starts explaining to me. And I, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just, I'm just not, I'm just not a good, I'm just not a good gardener. And as I was reading this, I started thinking about the decisions somebody who knows what they're doing as a gardener has to make. And the decisions I make in my own life when I decide I need pruning. I, I never pick the stuff God would pick. Or I do, and the pruning's so far down the line. Because he, here's what we do, or here's what I do. God doesn't just prune off sin stuff. See, oftentimes we look at our lives, and what we're looking for is the dead. We're looking for this kind of stuff. This came off of my uh, tomato plant uh, a few weeks ago. And, um, and, and we're looking for this. Notice unhealthy things make the most noise. <laughs> okay, that's a <clears throat> little pastor joke there. Um, okay, uh, but uh, this came off of, of our tomato plant quite a while ago. If, I, if you told me to prune the tomato plant, this is what I'd be looking for. And you know what? I do the same thing in my life. I'm like, hey, I look in the mirror. I look at my week. I look and I go, I go, oh, ah, yeah, there's, you know, of course, behind me, there's this whole dead thing. But, you know, I'm just like, hey, this is great. You know what? I need to work on that issue. That is not how God looks at our lives. God looks at, at, at the vine. He looks at the branch and he says, he examines it. And he says, does this have any potential to bear fruit? And if it doesn't, it's worthless to me. Because what happens in a plant, if you just let it grow, all the energy gets dispersed to all the different shoots but you want all the energy going to the what fruit bearing shoots and and so this is how it would look in my life or your life or whatever maybe i'm in a relationship that god doesn't want me to be in and i look at the shoot and i go there's no dead stuff there is no sin there's nothing wrong here and god's looking there and he knows because he's a master gardener and he just demands fruit he looks and he says there's never going to be any fruit there You are wasting precious resources growing something that will never bear fruit. And God is not interested in growing something that won't bear fruit. God demands fruit. The problem is we're bad gardeners. 
Here's another way I know we're bad gardeners because I've been a bad gardener in reality and in this area of my life. Sometimes we call fruit or growth something that God wants to cut off. Sometimes we call something unhealthy that God wants to nurture and keep growing. It's difficult a lot of times in our own lives as we self-tend to determine what's healthy and what's not. But let me tell you something. Your heavenly father, the master gardener, knows exactly in your life what's healthy and what's not. Whether it's sin or not, God knows and we don't. I'll I'll give you an example. We... um, uh, we had this in my old job. Um, we dealt a lot with the cruise lines and the airlines. And there was this one um, thing that we, that a, a bunch of our companies in our industry were, were kind of a small industry. We were all bidding on this one, this one account with a major airline that would have been, <laughs> we would have made a lot of money off of that account. It would have been awesome. And so I was praying all the time for this account. We had put a lot of money into it. I'd spent a lot of time. Had I gotten that account, I know it, I knew it was going to be a blessing. Because first of all, we could have done a lot more giving, right? I mean, isn't that what you're thinking about when you're getting a promotion, giving? That's what I think about, um, right? So we're thinking about the stra- you know, financial stress that could be alleviated. And by the time it got you know, down to it, I said, oh, and plus, you know, think of all the good things we could do uh, with a BMW. And so, uh, and, and so you have all this stuff, and, and, you, and you've done it in your life and in different things where you think, man, if we get this house, if we, if we get this car, if we get this thing, if I get this boyfriend, if I get this girlfriend, if I get this teacher, and, and we, we project fruit on things that haven't borne fruit yet, we look down the line, and God says, no. And that's what he did with this account. We didn't get it. And, um, and of course, then you're questioning, why, you know, you know blah, 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 whatever. But I know for a fact had we gotten that account, I would not have gone into full-time ministry. I, I wouldn't have had time. I, we would have had to have moved. We would have had to have done all this kind of stuff. And yeah, we, we would have made a lot more money. But see, looking back, I can say that. We do it the other way too. We say, oh, this really, oh, I just want this to be cut off. Oh, please, God, this neighbor, this boss, please, Lord, do your pruning with your expert. You know, you know what I'm going through. And God's like, oh man, you have no idea. If we can just get past this one section, you are gonna sprout more fruit than you ever thought possible. You just gotta hang in there. But to us, it's dead weight. It's not doing anything. It hurts. All our energy's going into that one thing. And it's like, I, I over here, I wanted to, we're just bad gardeners. We just don't know. God knows. And so what do we do? (laughs) I mean, if I'm a bad gardener with my own life, I can't figure out one thing or the other. And God is the expert gardener. Like, how how do we prune ourselves? How do we we preen when we get something nice? I'll tell you another thing we do, we tend to do. Uh, This particular one here, um, this one was... uh, this one got cut off, um, actually by Lisa, and and you know again had it been me, I probably would have done something like this. There we go, you know, it's dead, you know, it's done, and 
I hope somebody can vacuum that up before the next church gets in here. But, um, uh, you know, or maybe, but, but she, she chose to cut it back here. And see, that's the other thing I do in my life. Okay, Lord, you got me. It's like, you know, this finger has gangrene. And he's like, shunk. I'm like, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And that was my whole arm, right? Because we, we're just like, I'm ready to give you everything, Lord. Everything. And he's like, awesome. You know, it's like, wait, wait, no. I meant everything from here on out, right? We're just, we're just bad with ourselves, you know, I'll only do it on the weekends or I'll after this next time, then, or whatever, however we want to go. And God, see, here's the thing. God demands fruit from us. He expects it. He, he makes decisions based on it. And, and so oftentimes for us, when we want to garden ourselves, we do it a whole lot differently than when God does it. And so here's the problem. And I, I, I came up with this thing. I was so excited that I came up with this little thing at, that I, I, I can't help it just to smile because it's just brilliant. And I, it just like, came to me and I was super excited about it. Okay. When God makes the decision of incision, isn't that great? It rhymes. It's fantastic. Um, but you, and you're going to remember it now. For the rest of your lives. Here's the thing. God is going to make a decision of incision. He's going to decide someday where to cut. And it might not be on that branch necessarily where you want it to be cut. And what you're going to want to do is run. You're going to want to self-medicate. You're going to want to escape. You don't like that. It didn't work out the way you wanted. And, and listen, listen, some of us, because I know our stories, some of us are in that area in our lives right now. The house didn't go through. The relationship didn't go through. The job didn't go through. Or the job isn't even there or whatever. And God is desperately trying to do work going, if you just hang in there and we just want to go forget the whole branch thing. But here's what Jesus says out of, uh, he says, um, remain in me and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And when the, when the thing comes down, sometimes we want to go to the fridge. Sometimes we want to go to the liquor cabinet. Sometimes we want to go to the movies. We want to get a book. We want to get on Facebook and, and like look and go, good, my life isn't that bad. Look at these poor saps that we call friends. You, know, you got all, all, all these different things. You just want to escape. You want to just forget it. Maybe the marriage is going wrong and you're just like, I just want out. And Jesus is screaming at the top of his lungs right here, stay Listen, here's the thing. This is my point. This is my point for the whole thing. If you have a bulletin, you can fill it in. Uh, we have one job. Stay connected. That, that's what Jesus is saying here is God, is, God demands fruit and he's going to take action. The question is, where is he going to cut? Right? He cuts the branch at the part that, where he knows it's not going to bear fruit anymore. And it dries up and it dies and it's good for the fire. And guess what? That's good for God. 
because we, ha- we just all have areas in our life that are worthless to him. And you know what makes it hard? Is that what's, wor- what's a worthless branch in my life might be the branch that you're actually bearing fruit in. And so it looks unfair or vice versa. God may want to cut out an area of your life that seems to be fine for everybody else. And it just doesn't seem fair. And Jesus says, when that happens, remain, abide, stick close. Let me be the source. Don't run anywhere else. Don't medicate. Don't mitigate. Don't try to get anywhere else. When God makes that decision of incision, we sit and we go, God, I have no idea why this is happening. But I'm going to stand. Here's what he says. He says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. If a man remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that's thrown away and withers. Such such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire and burned. Jesus is saying, look guys, this whole thing about bearing fruit, God's dead serious about it. And so we have to start to begin to look at our lives in terms of, there's a great theologian, um, and you guys should read his stuff. Uh, he's a doctor. His name's Dr. Phil. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I had fun with that the first service. No, Dr. Phil. Dr. Phil has this thing. I don't really watch much Dr. Phil. Well, I, I used to uh, before I became a Christian. But the... Um, <laughs> But he, ha- he has this thing that he says, uh, and how's that working for you? You know, he's got that. He just says that. Does he, I don't know if he says it all the time, but he said it enough for me to go, that's just good theology. How's it working for you? What's the fruit like? Because oftentimes we, we, we have this beautiful tomato plant of a life, green and luxurious with large flowers. And we say, There's, I don't see any dead parts. Look at me. And we say, I thought you were a tomato plant. I am. Where are the tomatoes? How's it working for you when it comes to how we're living our lives? See, because here's the thing. The great thing about the scripture is that in uh, Galatians, it talks about what the fruit is we're supposed to be seeing, right? It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Now, there's other fruit all through the New Testament. You can look at the fruit of righteousness. There's all these kinds of fruit. But, but the fruit of the Spirit which I don't necessarily believe is all of the fruit of the Spirit. I just think it's just a broad spectrum of you can pretty much figure out the other ones. But it's like you, you look at your life and, you, and it's like, I'm doing my own pruning. I'm doing my own this. I'm doing my own that. There's no dead spots. It's all green. And God says, well, how, where's the love? Oh, well, um, there was a little part under here. Where's the joy? Okay, that's, if you just leave this one alone, in a couple months, that's where you're going to find it. Where's the peace? I'm looking the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the gentleness. Where's the self-control? Oh, well, the thing is, how's it working for you? Is there any fruit? Now, here's the, here's the thing. So you, you, you get into a section of Scripture like this, and you think, ah, oh, there is no fruit. <sighs> I need to try harder. You cannot get fruit by trying harder. It's impossible. 
The only way, the only way I'm going to have fruit in my life is if I remain in the vine and the gardener does his pruning. It's the only way. A, a branch doesn't sit there and just like go, and then, you know, like, yes, yeah, you know, I'm the man, you know, it's like, I can do it over here, you know, think, you know, it's like, that isn't what happens. A branch just bears fruit if it's tended well. And guess what? We have a heavenly father that tends really, really well. A lot better than us. So what do we do? We remain in the vine. Here's the encouraging part of this. It says this. If a man or a woman remains in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. See, a lot of what we call pruning or self-management or, is just trying to get ourselves more attached to the vine. And so if, if, we're, if we're living a life, we're just like, look, I'm going to Jesus for my stuff. I, I'm looking to him for my strength. I'm looking to, to him for this. I'm not going to go to these other things. We're not pruning, we're attaching then God comes along, the master vineyard, vine dresser, and he says, now we're going to take off this. Now we're going to take off this. And the temptation will be to run, to go back to what you were going to, to try and get, oh, I made that mistake. I shouldn't have done that. And they just stay attached. <laughs> <laughs> 